Welcome to a sporting discussion, your podcast talking sports of all sorts. I'm AJ Mithen, deep in the Mithen hub, and uh, I'm joined via the wonders of technology by Andrew Donison, deep in the Donison hub. Andrew, how are you? Confidence is the preference for the habitual voyeur of what is known as hub life. A morning soup can be avoided if you take a route what is th- known <laughs> through what is known as hub life. Are you sick of hub life yet, AJ? I can't answer that because it'll result in, <laughs> in trouble. Yes, if you're listening to us, folks, well, you are listening to us. Andrew and I are in Melbourne, which means that ASD Stadium has had to undergo its eighth deep clean in the last, what, six weeks or so. <laughs> um, yeah, and, plus uh, that other one, but we don't talk about that. And Andrew and I are... This podcast is not classified as essential work, which is, you know, we've lodged the forms. We're waiting to hear back. So we'll, we anticipate that uh, Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews will announce something in the next day or so. So stay tuned to his press conferences. Um, <laughs> but here we are. Yet again, Andrew, split apart, just kilometres away. I can see your house from where I am. Yes, yes, I can smell you from where I am. But <laughs> we, we can not do it. And that's fine. We're doing the right thing. Should have stayed in um, Canberra, the best city in the world, where people can freely wander around doing what they like instead of being stuck in Melbourne with weirdos wearing undies on their heads and thinking they're fantastic. <laughs> Side note, a friend of ours is in Canberra and put a as a science experiment a, a bowl of water outside overnight, woke up, and the whole thing was frozen solid. So oh, I don't miss that part of it. Great memories. Great memories. Yes, great memories, great <laughs> memories. Now... AJ. What are we talking it, about, Andrew? It's, well, it's not just hub life for us. It is hub life for the AFL. It is hub life in the NRL. It is hub life in the Super Netball. It is hub life in the, the A-League. It is hub life in my heart. It is hub life in the NBA. It is... Going oh. to be hub life in the NFL. The, everyone's yes. jamming themselves into the tightest space possible so that they so, don't get crook and that broadcast money can be got. Who is doing hub life the best so far? What's let, Let's go with just all of those those leagues. Or, hey, if there's another one that you want to throw in there, who's, who's doing hub life the best thus far? Just to, I'll have to correct you early, Andrew. The okay. NRL's not in hub life. They're oh, in some of them are. They're in some strong they're in strong restrictions life, but Melbourne Storm are in hub life because obviously yes. they are from Melbourne. Uh, they're yes. up on the Sunshine Coast using the facilities of their netball um, colleagues, the Sunshine Coast Lightning. And the uh, New Zealand Warriors. Uh, I guess they're just wandering aimlessly, not necessarily <laughs> hubs. Yeah, yeah the, they are based in New South Wales as well in uh, around, oh, I can't remember the name of the place, and it doesn't matter, but yes, they so are in hub. So. That's not necessarily hub, but it's hub life. So two of 16 teams are experiencing hub life, yes. Yeah. Whereas in the AFL, actually, it's not the entire competition doing hub life either. No, look, it's, 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 it's on and off. Oh, the, all having, the whole, pretense for, our, the whole pretense for our show is out the window. Well, well it's be been fair, great. Thanks for listening, folks. We're, we're going to move on. <laughs> 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 the fact that we suggest to understand a lot of what we talk about is, is a flimsy pretense. Yes. Anyway, I, perish I the thought. Throw, I, 
I want to throw an issue out about the NBA hub, AJ. Mm-hmm. So the Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando, there's currently 22 teams there that are, are quarantining. They obviously initially were not allowed to visit each other's rooms. Uh, they can socialise safely under restrictions. But what they've set up is a hotline to anonymously report social distancing violations oh, yes. and other issues. Colloquially known as the NBA snitch line. A snitch line, yeah. yes. Now, you don't get a reward, though, so you're just snitching because you're a bad dude. Well, and it was the Brooklyn Nets guard, Spencer Dinwiddie, he's the one has told players not to use the snitch hotline, but he's, he himself has opted out of the 2019-2020 restart. So he's actually not in the bubble, but he's saying, no, nah, no, nah, don't use the snitch hotline. And it's like... This the same uh, Spencer Dinwiddie who's crowdsourced his own contract oh, in Bitcoin? I think it is. Yes, it is, Andrew. And oh, he's opted out no. as well. Oh, I used to like him. <laughs> hey, if he'd pulled that off, it would have been interesting. 25 million Bitcoin from the punters. Oh, yeah, no, I was I was all <laughs> over the Bitcoin side of things, but I, I'm also all so over the So guy who's not there says don't ring the snitch line. Guy who's opted out says yeah. these guys should be able to do whatever they want. Uh, th- there's been multiple <laughs> tips go into the, the hotline. You know, just to just to clarify too, the, this snitch hotline is only for other players or officials. Only NBA personnel can ring this snitch line. Like you or I can't ring it and go, I saw um, Ben Simmons yeah. shooting threes and he rubbed his nose and put it on the ball. You know, <laughs> one of the one of the ones that I saw, which was was even better, is someone now. I'm not sure if it was Dwight Howard um, who he got snitched upon, but he's been very, very um, clear on social media posting photos of him not wearing masks and, and all that sort of stuff. So it's not really snitching when you're putting yourself out there. <laughs> um, Sacramento Kings forward uh, Rishwan Holmes, he left the bubble to pick up a food delivery. Now, say yeah, that, that's dumb. I'd dumb, snitch that because that's dumb. Yeah. Um, if you're dumb, snitch but, away. But if it's a mean-spirited snitching, then forget. No, actually, if you um, no. if you rat someone out because you play for the Lakers and they play for the Clippers and you're, they're a big chance of beating you in the finals, snitch away. Yes. They don't have the yeah, investigators yeah. to work that out. No, exactly. <laughs> well, and ben, this, I don't think this was um, put into the snitch hotline, but Miami hates Jimmy Butler. Uh, had security called on him for dribbling a basketball in his room. Dirty bastard. Now, How dare that, you? How dare you, Jimmy Butler? Going, <laughs> that's going a little bit sort of over the top there. But Mind you, if I was dribbling a basketball in the lounge room, I'd probably get the cops called on me too. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. But guess what, Andrew? It worked. For all of these jokes, the hub is working because just today it it was reported that the last round of coronavirus tests, there were zero positive tests for all of the players in the Orlando Disney World bubble. Um, Now, before they went into the bubble, it was up to almost 5% of players in the NBA had tested positive for coronavirus (laughs) at some stage over the last few weeks. So it was quite incredible that... um, 
you put them. Who would have thought you put everyone in the same place? You used impose strict protocols and a snitch line, and uh, everything gets how you want it. Now, will it stay that way? Who knows? There's mm. zero zero positive test will help. Um, there's a lot of money riding on it, so you would think that uh, uh, broadcasters, there's a lot of vested interest there who want people to behave themselves and for that bubble to stay clean. So it might Damn just right. work out. I was highly, highly pessimistic because they're in Florida, which is the worst place in America for coronavirus. Um, well, one of, if not the. Uh, and yeah, they, they seem to have worked it out, so... Yeah, Let's see what and, happens and when games start and people start moving around more. And I think one of the important things that you said there was bubble. So we talked about the NRL in Australia having uh, two teams who are not in their home location, so not full-on biosecure bubble. We've had others, uh, like so in the AFL um, teams still moving around the country in and out of different states. But the biosecure bubble seems to be the way to go because that's obviously what the NBA are doing in Orlando and that's worked well. We look at the, um, the cricketers. Long now. way to go, though. There's a long way to go. These are, these are for a long period of time, these things, like months, two, oh, three yeah. months. So. Who knows? I mean, we're in Melbourne where we got locked down because people couldn't handle it after, um, what was it, about eight weeks. So, yeah. yeah. I'm certainly not going to try and predict what may or may not happen in uh, in any future uh, bubble or non-bubble related <laughs> world. No, but it's just interesting just to see that the hub, the, bu- the bubble works. And we've spoken before that it's great that seasons can start, but will they finish? And uh, yes. taking those chances to stuff everyone into one area seems to be the way to do it. Yeah, and we saw with uh, cricket, so England are playing the West Indies in a test series at the moment. There's two grounds that they're using in uh, in England which both have hotels attached to them. So the players, they go to the hotel, they check in, they are allowed to go to the ground, do their practice and they go to their room and that's that's all that they were allowed to do. Everything was perfect for the, for the first test. It was perfect for when the West Indies arrived. It's been pretty good for Pakistan. Uh, they've also arrived in England. Then there was the gap between the first and the second test, and the teams had to make their way from Southampton up to Manchester. Now, if you're in a biosecure bubble arrangement, I would think that you would then jump on your team bus, uh, sitting appropriately distant from each other, and get transported to the next venue. But no, no. Well, the, it was make your own way, was it? Make your own way. Oh, so wow. That's English great. How team. clever. Yeah. And everyone was given a, a, a list of places they could visit. So petrol stations, food, places, uh, places to stop off for a bathroom break. Um, Joffre Archer, the England fast bowler, he committed a biosecurity protocol breach because he went home. He's So his he own lives, home wasn't on the list? His own home was not on the list. Who, who puts that list together? Yeah, that, so that's my question about all of this. So... It seems very harsh, 
so Jofra Archer was not able to play in the second test because obviously he breached their protocols and basically put the series at risk. So I'm 100% supportive of uh, the ECB Oh, yeah, he had, to, he had to go. No doubt about that. He had to go. But he just he stopped into his flat in Brighton for an hour and that's, for some reason, whatever the reason was, is not on the list. Now, we don't know whether it was discussed and players were told, no, you can't uh, go to your home even if you're driving within five minutes of it and you haven't seen your family for three weeks and you just want to say hello to your 12-week-old child. Sorry, you're driving straight from the ground to the, to the other ground. Mm. Like, we don't know what conversations were had. It does seem a little strange that they couldn't have included the uh, his flat on it, but you see what the all it takes just one slight issue outside of a bubble and you could almost yeah completely ruin a, an entire english summer of cricket really yeah, we've seen that in, in the afl2 with conor mckenna and uh the nrl2 with mm-hmm. um oh, what was the name aiden aiden tolman it... that's right yes yeah from the bulldogs one tiny little thing that everyone else can think would think oh look that's there's nothing much in that there's plenty in that for the for those yeah, vested yeah, interests exactly. we were talking about just before. Yeah, because the, the, the Aiden Tomer one was the interesting one. That was when a, a child at his child's school was tested positive, mm. uh, or a family member. For, so the, yeah, that was that was really interesting. That was obviously they had to they they did what they needed to do, um, but he then yeah couldn't play for the next couple of, of matches, which. Again, you go, oh, geez, but it's it's protocols. It's annoying. Um, with the, the, the Joffre Archer one, the series is only taking place because the, the UK government, who the UK is still, <laughs> you know, in the grips of, of a, a horrible pandemic. Like they're, but they, they made a series of exemptions to allow it to happen. It was just incredibly stupid of, of Joffre, no matter how minor it seems. He's now passed two COVID tests as he was need, needed to do. So he's able mm. to be selected for the, the next test, um, which I suspect he will be, but just don't do it. One interesting shows... thing to me is about the test that they're doing. Apparently the NBA are doing those saliva tests, which are accurate to something like 87%. Okay. So... And if Depends someone the, the the nostril the up your face swab. one yeah. yeah but um if someone does test positive then they get an up the face one so ah okay so technically they're not getting you know oh who knows but who knows if the up your face one is a hundred percent but it's just interesting yeah. that they're going that they're going about it that way probably because they can pay for it all themselves and it's quicker to get them in and it's quicker to get the results. Um, yeah, yeah. Just interesting to me that that's the way they thought they would be. They that's the way they're going about it. Well, speaking of uh, the saliva test or saliva in general, there was uh, one incident in the second test where the umpires needed to disinfect the cricket ball because Dom Sibley uh, inadvertently used saliva to to shine the ball. Every every other player was using uh, sweat, which. Um, you know, was is within the, the gross, rules. but allowed. But yep, uh, but yeah. So there was um, 
the umpire, I think it was Michael Goff, was seen <laughs> using like a, um, would have been a disinfectant wipe on the ball. Oh. What I want to know is... if that'll help it move. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do a strategic uh, spittle on the ball so that you can then get the, um, the disinfectant wipe on it to really get the ball hooping around corners? Yeah. Yeah, I'd like, oh, that's good. <laughs> mm. I hope the wipe works. Yeah. Disinfects. Yes. And because it's alcoholic, it burns it. <laughs> Just. Do you so there, there, there were other hubs announced uh, last week. AJ Super Netball. Yes, the entire the... competition is going to Queensland. Yes. And it's funny you mentioned exemptions, Andrew, because the Queensland government has an elite athlete exemption for coronavirus gear. That's why the entire Super Netball competition are able to go to Queensland and the Sydney teams and the Adelaide teams and the Perth teams and the Melbourne teams can all be there um, because the government have allowed them to come in and the same deal is happening with uh, the Melbourne Storm and the same deal is happening with the AFL teams. Um, interesting because you remember the when the A-League um, were trying to start up again and they were trying to yes. fly from trying to fly from Melbourne to initially Canberra. This is the three Mel, the three Melbourne based teams. Um, what are they called? Western United, Melbourne Victory, Melbourne City. Were all sitting on a plane, got frosted in at Canberra, so they couldn't fly. Fair enough. Next day they showed up, and Canberra, the ACT government, refused to give them that elite athlete um, exemption. Yep. and said that if they went to Canberra, they'd have to quarantine for 14 days and they weren't allowed to train or play together. Now, Queensland exemption means you can play while you're quarantining. So the two Victorian um, netball, netball sides, uh, Melbourne Vixens and Collingwood Magpies, will play each other while they're in quarantine. So that's got the season going as well. And that's why, the, that's why all roads seem to lead to Queensland at the moment, except probably for the NRL. Yeah, and I, I, I like that um, sort of is – it, is it a loophole or is it just utilising the rules to, to the best of your ability? I think uh, it's finding, to, finding some friendly space in a rule, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, to allow the, those, yeah, the two Melbourne teams will play each other. I think, what is it, the, the day before their quarantine is, is meant to run out. Yeah, so they, flew up, of August, they flew up on Monday this week, I believe. Yeah, and the first of August is when the, the, they wanted the season to to kick off. So um, they're going to be tested. So what are, I've got it here. They they've be they'll be tested. They've already been tested. They all all athletes and staff returned a negative COVID test in the days leading up to when they left. They left on uh, either yeah Sunday or Monday last week for the two week quarantine period. They're going to get tested on day four and day 10 of quarantine. And then on day 14 is is when they will play Game one. Uh, yeah. against each other. And so that's it, – it's good. Um, will it work? Absolute let's, nightmare for fixturing. Um, they're going to need to – they're going to be playing in Brisbane, the Sunshine Coast, Townsville and Cairns. And they have to organise courts, which is fine. Crowds can go, that's fine. But they're going to have to jam – I can't remember. I think it's sixty-four games or something. Don't don't kill me for that, Arundella Hunty. If I got that wrong, um, into sixty sixty games. Sorry, into a much much shorter period of time than they would have hoped. Um, still planning on 
uh, getting all of those games in. It's just the way they're going to do it, which is interesting, which is kind of how the AFL are doing it at the moment, Andrew, now that all the Victorian clubs are going to be going to Queensland. For some yeah, reason, they're you, playing 33 you, games in 20, week, in 20 days. Yeah, do, do you want to try explaining that to me? All right. Right now, Collingwood and Geelong are over in Perth. And where they played each other last they Thursday night, in Perth last week, didn't yeah. they? While they were quarantining, believe it or not, yes. Um, which that's right. Which is why no one was allowed in the first few rows of the stadium of the the stadium, mm. and also the, the the ground itself was considered a quarantine area. Which is why the the moron that jumped the fence and streaked that's why he gets was 50 up grand. for fifty thousand dollar fine instead of. The normal whatever four thousand seven hundred and thirty-two dollars and fifteen cents. What an idiot! Don't don't crowd don't crowd that stuff, mate. You're just an idiot. Um, I, what? <laughs> he didn't, did he? Oh yeah, he said. Oh, because I don't think it quite. I don't think he was in. Uh, how do you put this? The state to appreciate what trouble he was getting himself into, as in fifty k right. possible jail. Uh, you've yeah. reached a, a more a much more serious rule than Larrikin running onto the field. At a football game, yeah, right. you've breached a registered quarantine area um, without your PPE. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, yes. Anyway, um, so after Geelong plays West uh, Fremantle this week, I think it is. Um, they will f- play the- go on. They'll play the two West Australian teams back yeah. to back, don't and they? Collingwood will do the same. And then Collingwood and Geelong will fly to Queensland and the rest of the Victorian teams are also flying to Queensland to base themselves there, probably likely for the rest of the season because remember, it's only a 17-week AFL season. This is round eight coming up this week. So and yes. then what's... I'll, I'll get your thoughts on this. I just mentioned it before. From Wednesday, July 29, the AFL are going to condense rounds 9, 10, 11 and 12 into 33 games played in 20 consecutive days to fast-track completion of the home and away season. So they want to finish the 17 rounds inside nine weeks, even though there's 10 games left. So they're jamming all these games together. 33 games in 20 consecutive days. It's going to be an AFL game every night. Some teams are getting royally screwed with the rest in between games when you consider how stretched um, AFL lists are at the moment. I don't understand why they've done it, Andrew. I've been, you know, I'm excited because great, you get to watch sport every night. That's always good, but um, mm-hmm. there's inevitably going to be injuries and young kids who aren't up to it or aren't ready for it, having to get thrown into things here. Um, that's not exciting to me. That's not going to lead to exciting football. But most importantly, um, why? I don't understand why they're doing it. I don't understand why so, they've decided to jam all of this stuff together. This is this is something that they said they were going to have. To, sorry, not they were going to have to do. That they were likely having going to have to do, and that they were setting themselves up for. This is why they had the season with sixteen minute quarters because they wanted to reduce the load on players mm. just in case they needed to play three games in two weeks instead of one game a weekend. So that has and quickly very... those short quarters have quickly turned into regular time quarters anyway. So that's kind of irrelevant for me. Uh, 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 no, some of them, like the quarter one of, of the first game of the season was funny. It went for 32 minutes, but mm. it, it is, it is, it is shorter. Like they are playing for less minutes, but then probably not playing for the number of less minutes that you'd necessarily think. Um, but 
they had to do it. If they want to get the rest of the season in, they need to condense things because we've seen how quickly things can change. And I, what they're doing is giving themselves an opportunity whilst they can play to get as much in as possible for if there's a situation in the future where all states just go, oh, no, we need a, we need a, a 20-day break from, from having people out and about. So it's that's the reason in my mind that's mm. why they're doing it. Well, the, yeah, they, um, to me they haven't actually explained properly why they're do, why they're doing it. <laughs> They've just explained a footy festival where some teams get four days rest and other teams get eight, and they're talking about this being the first block of condensed games. So there'll probably be another one for rounds twelve to fifteen or maybe twelve to seventeen, depending on what the situation is in Victoria. Um, this brings me to a yeah, good question. And, and I think good question from the listener Andrew. We got a nice yep, one. Go. Damien Smeaton. Do you think the AFL players will be able to stand up to the compressed fixture or are injuries going to ultimately determine the outcome of the AFL this year? I think the latter. So I think that injuries ultimately determine the outcome of the AFL most years. You look at the Western Bulldogs um, premiership. If they didn't have that week off between the end of round 22 and the start of the finals there were three players that wouldn't have played. So yes, it, it all comes down to And if to Buddy injuries. Franklin hadn't rolled his ankle on Joel Hamling's leg in oh, the grand final, God. things would have been oh, completely different. But now Joel Hamling oh. is a premiership hero, Andrew. Yeah, love you, Lance. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that there's, absolutely there's going to be some increased injuries. I don't know whether we've seen that. We've seen a lot of players with injuries, whether it's more than other seasons, I'm not sure, whether it's different to other seasons. Again, not sure. There's mm. definitely more syndesmosis injuries, but syndesmosis seems to be the new osteopubis. Um, yeah, the new osteitis pubis, which was the new osteitis. ACL, which was yeah. the new hamstring. Yes. <laughs> I don't think, uh, yeah. just on the eye test, and I know the eye test is more reliable than any actual genuine data, injuries feel pretty much the same to me, but yeah. it's fatigue that I'm worried about. Um, exactly. I think by yeah. the end of the year, just about every team is going to be dragging ass. Um, Richmond have got eight players out at the moment, I think. Geelong have got five or six. Um, a few other teams have got pretty bad injury lists too. Um, and yeah. because it's the season to... is now compressed, there's less chance for players to come back or come back fit, come back, come back close to 100%. Yeah, I think... We're going, to, we're going to hear the term squad management or list management uh, a lot over the next couple of weeks because it will, it will benefit those teams that do have, one, a, a low injury, a, a small injury list, yes, but also that have a number of players on the extended list that they can slot in and are confident that they can actually do a job rather than having first-year players... Uh, or, and people making their debuts. You look at Richmond, mm. you said they're missing eight players. A lot of... So the, some of those are injured, but then you've got the players that have chosen to, to stay home. I think it's only two players that have chosen to stay mm. uh, away from hub life. But we've seen with uh, Gary Ablett Jr., uh, he's, uh, he's headed home to Melbourne. They're, they're, 
there's going to be others who will probably do the same thing. People with with young families yeah. can stay away for a couple of weeks. And people, a lot of people are going, oh, you know, the cricketers do this, and oh, the yeah. you know the others do it. So yeah, that's great. But yeah. you know what? These people haven't done it before. It's the first time they've done it. So yeah, but remember, the know? cricketers do it, and the cricketers do it, and then haven't. How about the avalanche of mental health issues we've seen in, in especially the men's cricketers oh, yeah. over the last few years? Where do you think that comes from? Um, yeah. It's yeah, interesting really the compressed the compressed fixture initially when <clears throat> Gary Ablett came home from Perth he was going to miss two games now he's going to miss up to six um, because he oh. won't be able to come back and uh, he'll have to quarantine and all of that sort of stuff um, he'll have yeah, to, yeah. Okay. he's in quarantine now in Melbourne he'll have to go back to quarantine <laughs> when he gets back up into Queensland. Um, but I don't, and he won't be able to play. I don't think. I don't know the rules about that. Sorry, so I won't predict anything. Um, interesting with Richmond. When Richmond initially were going to do their tour of duty up north, um, they left a whole bunch of junior of junior of younger players in Melbourne because they yes. they're not expecting to use them. They were just going to be training. Now all of those guys have to go up to Queensland with the rest of the squad, and uh, they're going to be playing at some point. So I don't know. I, I don't don't buy the AFL fanboy, oh, this is going to be so good to watch young kids going around having a crack at it. No, young kids aren't playing. They're not playing right now because they're not ready. They're either too small or too slow or they're going to get hurt or their skills aren't up to it. So I don't know. Yeah, there's a reason why Richmond decided to leave that group down in Melbourne because they could do... They were never going to play them. (laughs) They were never going to play. And... Now they have to, but you know what? That's the that's the rules that they're they're playing against the guidelines they're playing under. So go, yeah. yeah go I nuts. got a people question. Talk about having, question having, for I'll, you. I'll, I'll quickly say, yeah. Um, people talk about having an asterisk on the season, and that the premiers, you know, oh, you know, it's it's a um, compromised season. It won't count. Absolute rot. Yeah, complete crap. and utter rubbish. If you say that, then. Righto, let's go back to the seasons where if you lost the grand final, you could but finish on top of the ladder, you could challenge the the result mm-hmm. and then have another match. Or let's go back well, to... Fitzroy finished not- on the bottom uh, fourth out yeah. of four teams and then won two, final, won two finals and were premiers. Or yeah. Hawthorne get to play games at, uh, and Richmond get to play grand finals against interstate teams at their home ground. I mean, how many asterisks can we apply here, Andrew? There's a few that are, there's a few that are good like. for it. Yeah, and I'll do it. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. But I reckon that this, the team that manages to navigate all of this season and come out uh, the strongest at the end and win the premiership, good on them. Yeah, we'll revisit that as we go along because you'd think Collingwood were going to dominate, but then they're going to have four games in 14 days or something ridiculous, so they might be toast by the end of the season too. So it's lining up well for Richmond and West Coast Eagles, but we won't talk about that now. We'll talk about that later, okay. later on in the year. Um, later. My, right question, my question to you, mm. there's going to be a game every night, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday. Um I think they should be doing doing that all the time, playing weekday games and those sort of things to, to control the uh, television. What do you what do you reckon? Because it's going to rate these games are going to rate their faces off on free to air, and um, yeah. most definitely on the pace on the pay channels as well. What do you reckon about a future so, some midweek future games? Yeah, all for it. Uh, I think this period has shown uh, that I think Thursday night football works. 
the one the one thing that they've tried in the past that hasn't necessarily worked is Monday night AFL. And there was a couple of years where I think St Kilda played a few Monday night games across a couple of seasons. And it just, for whatever reason, it just didn't grab the audience. People weren't really uh, supportive of it. Now, I don't know what the whether that was because they didn't support the team that was on or they just liked the, the, the weekend to finish and reset and you go, right, now we're looking forward. What's, what's coming up in my life next, including, you know, the sport and the other and the other. So Thursday night, they've, they've really uh, used those well over the last few years around the bye weekends and people are used to it. I think that that, that Thursday should be permanent. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I do wonder though, whether they will have uh, even come out of this with Monday night. I think that the AFL would want to. The TV stations would definitely want to because you see the absolute tripe that they put on their screens in an effort <laughs> yeah. to get people to watch. I think they'd get and, to save a lot of money production costs for that bullshit like Bachelor in Paradise that's on at the moment and crap like that. Um, the football would rate, yes. would rate so much more than that. Oh, no doubt. Look, uh, the, the one thing that I don't think they should do is what they're doing, uh, not this coming weekend, but the f- so basically in eight days' time, so Thursday the 30th of July, there are two matches, one at 5.40pm Eastern time in per- uh, over at the – they're playing in Perth, so that's 3.40pm on a Thursday afternoon uh, Perth time. <laughs> and then there's a game at the Gabba at 8.10pm. So I'm curious to, to see how that goes, yeah, especially I, with the, the people in Perth. I don't think anyone will go to that match. It's Carlton and Hawthorne. People will, probably wouldn't have really been that interested in no. it anyway. Retired, but, retired expats. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm all for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Absolutely. I'm not sure if, if I need footy on a Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday, but... Also, I'm not going to complain if it's, if it's played. <laughs> That's the thing. You're going to watch it, aren't you? Everyone's going to watch it. Uh, yeah. They just well, need the, to the, – the, if it's going to be on during the weekdays, and I've had a quick look at the fixtures, the, the night games are going to be starting at 7.10. Um, Perfect. Uh, Eastern, time, Eastern Standard Time. So 7.10, much better than 7.50, which is what they do for their um, Friday night games and Thursday night games, which is way too late, if, even with shorter d- quarters. Definitely. Yeah. Yep, hundred percent. So I'm I'm all for it uh, from a getting the games in now as a you know a bit of a safety net for if something happens in the future where either players need to just go home for two or three weeks or the country shuts down for a couple of weeks. Try to get ahead of it. Yep. Would it work in the normal circumstances? Not with know. not with a twenty two round season. Yeah. I was, yeah. Yeah. I. I I wouldn't mind. How, how about like middle of the year, they go righto for for the next four weeks. We're going to play a game a night, and it's just one game per day on the weekend, and then one game per night, and then every other weeknight has a game just just for shits and giggles. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think that'd be good. I'd, yeah, I wholeheartedly well, encourage that approach. <laughs> so you, you talked there, AJ, about. Bachelor on 
pirate or whatever that show that you don't watch Don't pretend is. you don't and know what it is. I'm recording it right now while we talk. No, I genuinely don't know what it is. You know me <laughs> in television. I'm not a I'm not a big TV guy. Um, sport, and that's that's about it. I've actually I did just I've been watching The Wire, so I think I'm only 18 years, 15 years <laughs> late to that. So yeah, just finished season three. I've never watched The Wire. Um, oh, there you go. Well, now I've said it. It's all right. There you go. I've always um, intended to, but I've never done it. Well, <laughs> have a crack. All right, yes. I will. It's entertaining enough. Right, I um, will. So, but you, you talked about the, the <laughs> Sorry. TV. Sorry, recommended by Andrew Jonathan. It's entertaining enough. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like weekday it's football. Good. Yeah, it's entertaining enough. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to change your life, but hey, passes the time. <laughs> Speaking of passing, passing the ball, uh, no, that's a terrible segue, but oh. you talked about um, the the ratings. Yeah. Can we look at last Friday's A-League ratings? Yes. There's Sydney more people FC There's more people listening to this podcast than there, are who, than there were watching that game on uh, Fox Sports. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Like, what... What is going on? Now, what I did see a very, very amusing tweet by someone in response to this. Uh, one of the um, news outlets tweeted about it, and this person's just like, oh, yeah, but but soccer fans are, um, are much more technically savvy than, than others, so, so they're just watching it on the app. Mm. And I'm like, well... Yeah, they watch, um, they watch on KO and they watch on MyFootball. Yeah, apparently. So, I think obviously the suggestion there being that the Premier League has been on Optus for the last what four seasons, so everyone's used to watching it on an app, mm. and, the, and the apps don't get uh, included in these figures, and only sporadically do. So, whether it be yeah, however you watch it, app based. But 12, well, it's funny, on, funny you should say that, Andrew, because the twelve thousand on Friday night was matched by nine thousand on Saturday night. For um, that, for for the next game, and I am just trying to find it out while I've got it here because ratings for from Ko and from um, uh, my what was it called my football mm. were released, and I'm scrambling to find it in my notes and I can't see it. But that's all right. So the you, difference you, you do that because I've I've found a, I've found a tweet a similar tweet to to what I just read out and someone, you know, they tweeted, oh, can we name a more irrelevant professional sporting comp, blah, blah, blah. And then someone has has tweeted, Super Rugby, NBL, Australian Baseball League, Australian Ice Hockey League. The response to that was, you do realise that rugby got four times the audience last night. And then the response to that, this is the one, that's nice. You do know this isn't including people who streamed the game. So presumably, yeah, 75,000 people were streaming the game to give it decent numbers. <laughs> God. All right, 9,000 people watched Perth play Central Coast on Saturday night, but 53,000 yeah. people watched that on the ABC at the same time. Now, KO Sports or My Football Live isn't there, and apparently on average about 15,000 people watch A-League matches on KO. And right. My Football Live, which is the great white hope for a lot of soccer fans who fight back against poor... Um, Poor rating pops on social media. Mm. Maybe 
Ooh, I'm just trying to work this out. They're saying about 2,000 people would access the app on match days with no matches being played and about six or seven times that would be on the app when games are played. So another 15 or so thousand. So what... Do you want to? What's my football live? Is it's uh, another... it's like the it's like your um, NRL app or AFL oh. app or Super Nipple app. You just download it. You can pay to watch the games um, to stream the games to your right. phone or your other device. Um, but fifteen thousand watching I, on I, KO, fifteen thousand watching on my football live, nine thousand on Fox Sports is still less than a Super Super Rugby game. Oh, oh, sorry, uh, whatever they're calling that now, rugby game on um, Fox Sports. But 53,000 on, on the ABC sounds good, but for a sporting for a sports competition, that's absolutely pathetic. That's like 10% of what would watch a bad NRL or AFL game. Yeah. So, okay, why? Why can we not get people to watch the A-League? And it's not – this is not just this year. This is – Years mm. uh, is it because there's not enough on free to air, or is it because people just don't rate the league? What's what's it's your everything. take on it? We've been going for a while in this episode. <laughs> we don't have another five hours to talk about this one. I went, geez, <laughs> I, I think we're going to need to get a guest in to talk about this, the A League, Andrew, because. Um, there's a million different reasons tracking back to how it's treated by the media, um, how the uh, governance regime under David Gallup um, came down on the active fans. Um, so you, they weren't allowed to um, have banners or sing or jump or anything like that when they uh, deal with yeah, the yeah. Hamamoto security. Um, there's all sorts of troubles that have plagued the A-League, um, even, and, the, and even when people were the A-League starting. Like Even, the, well, yeah, with the um, oh, I can't remember no, the name no, of the thing. No where you were Melbourne. banned. You were banned from having um, ethnic ties to your yeah. name or your club or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so we are. Yeah. Let me tee someone up, and we can talk to them about why. Because it's obvious, people. It's a huge participation sport. Obviously, people love the Matildas. They watch the Matildas, and the W League ratings went up. I think almost six hundred thousand people in total. Um, oh, yeah. to 800 odd, 850 odd thousand for the season just gone. Um, and yes, that, that's on that ABC today. and Fox Sports as well. So the interest is there. It's just that the A League um, and this season restart has just been diabolical <laughs> with those flights. I mean, comedic can't get out of Melbourne to get to Canberra, then you're not allowed to get to Canberra, then you have to go to Sydney, and they ended up being a week late. And you know, it's uh, and there's been pretty much zero. Um, marketing of the season restart. And the season restart, they're at the end of the season where they're about to go into the finals. So this is supposed to be the exciting time and Sydney FC are supposed to be challenging for the premiership plate and uh, all of that. So it's, uh, yeah, let's get someone to talk about it because I think that's that's a rich vein of info there that's quite interesting. Yeah, okay. No, yeah, the more you you sort of delve into it, you realise that it is... It's not. Just, oh, we could go for hours. We could go for hours and hours. Yeah, it's not. And, and yeah, and it's not just a recent phenomenon of people not going to the game. There are many, many, many layers, like an onion or an ogre. <laughs> oh boy! Hey, do you want to um, um, take it away from the big codes? Sure. As in AFL and NRL 
Super Netball, those ones. Um, yep. We got a question uh, from Nicholas Henning, a regular listener, regular contactor. So I hope you're going well, Nicholas. Um, he's asking about the ABL, the Australian Baseball League. But before I get your question, it's um, the NBL, the National Basketball League, also announced during the week that they're going to delay the start of the season to, I believe, it's to later in November from sometime in October. Um, so, and they, you remember they cut back their season last year halfway through the grand final series, believe it or not, um, when they'd finished three yes. games out of five. So, smaller leagues are doing it tough. And Nicholas gets to us on that note saying, What are your thoughts about getting import players this summer? How are they going to get here? And do you think it's possible the ABL season might be delayed or even cancelled if domestic flights don't resume soon? So, I think that getting international players is going to be extremely difficult. I can't see regular international flights happening to and from Australia until mid-2021. mid, 20, mid um, But that's just, that's me, you know, speculating. There, like, could they, could they fly people in under special exemptions? They could. We've seen um, the, the exemptions in place for, for other codes and we've seen an international exemption from New Zealand at least um geez it's going to be a tough sell to to try to get people international players over I think it's a huge opportunity to really really ramp up and sell the the national uh players and the or the Australian based players and the the nature of just the the competition so it's going to be what is it December 3rd hopefully and just yeah, really use this as an opportunity where people have been, uh, so not people, sports fans have been a bit starved of sport for a while, and they're now you know, really enjoying the ones that are starting to come back. They're not going to have the ability to have a huge number of fans, especially if they have play in uh, in Melbourne. You would you would think hopefully by December we should be okay. Um, Ideally, but I can't yes. Packed stadium. I can't. I absolutely can't see packed stadiums yeah. happening. Um, yeah, look. I think if I if I project, I'll go international players. No, but I think that the season itself has a really great opportunity to to own a little bit of, of real estate. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I think the season might be delayed. Domestic flights are going, but just not not a lot of them. Um, internationals, I think, with a December start, you've got a sniff at maybe getting some flying in, but I don't know. It depends. You need all the permissions and all that sort of thing. And with all respect to the Australian Baseball League, they probably don't have the diplomatic push and the diplomatic oomph to get something like that going. Oh, sorry. Um, You're talking um, baseball. Yeah. Um, Basket- sorry. Same deal read- for basketball, though. I had uh, the only reason I went basketball is because I had uh, when you talked about the pushing the season back. I googled that and I had that in front of me. Um, <laughs> for e- every every single thing that I said for replace basketball with baseball because it's yeah it's exactly the same, except and I've um, we've probably talked about this before and you have as well. It is now a huge opportunity to get some some much better airtime for the uh, for the Australian Baseball League. Uh, the the little. Um, the, the one match that they'll they'll play and having a one camera or two cameras at, at games get get better get 
somehow figure out how to get a couple of cameras and work with Fox and get all the games uh, broadcast, get it on as much as possible. Yeah, we just there was just an announcement today, actually, that the uh, federal government are giving Fox Foxtel another $10 million um, on top of the $30 million that they gave them to broadcast women's and niche sports. Um, Do we know what happened to that $30 million? I think it's it went... It's never been revealed, has it? It has. I think it went into the AFLW broadcasting and a couple of other a couple of other competitions that you would you'd struggle to call them niche. Um, yeah. Now I'll I'll dig that up during the week and put that on our at ASD underscore radio Twitter and uh, Facebook.com slash a sporting discussion and a sporting discussion dot com dot as well. Um, because I can't remember but it was quite interesting what that money went on the first time around. It wasn't um, it was hardly going to sports that were struggling. Yeah. So I, I think the that's good. That's great. Um, and one thing that I've learned uh, over the last couple of years is not much much less people than I think actually have Foxtel. Yeah, I, one in one in three, I, if you believe the PR. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm not sorry if one in three have the the sport or if they just have it or access to it, but mm. I just think there 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 is. There's, there's such a huge opportunity. My Lord, there are so many channels. Just, <laughs> I know that it costs money. I'm fully aware of that. But you can, if they can, if you can broadcast Sheffield Shield matches on the Cricket Australia website, and if you can do broadcasts of the ABL like, like they have been doing, and they do broadcasts of the Australian Ice Hockey League as well, it can be done for at a low cost. It absolutely can. But how to make it not look terrible is the the big thing. Yeah, each team in the ABL is responsible for their own broadcasting and some do it much, much better than others. Um, yeah. And I think... Get it on Foxtel. Get it on Foxtel. Same deal for internationals, same deal NBL and ABL. Um, they've both got a team in New Zealand. The wrinkle for the... So there wouldn't be any problems there because I think they'll be able to fly in and out by December. Um, the the tricky part for the ABL is that the team based in Geelong, who are Geelong Korea, Korea isn't it? who all come yeah. from um, South Korea. So we'd have to see how that's working out too. I think we might need to get a guest on to talk about that as well, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I remember talking a couple of seasons ago about it was the, the Melbourne Aces and how they, they were doing brilliantly and then all of a sudden they're – Imports had to leave. Mm. Happens so, every year to the Aces, but they did win the championship last last year because they stopped relying on half a season worth well, of players. Yeah, <laughs> and I was going to say, but it shows that there is the ability without internationals to to field a team. Mm. Um, and hey, give more opportunity to the local players across all the sports. Like every every sport at the moment that's impacted and can't get international players in, promote your Aussie players. Like just yeah. Mm. Get it done, especially with an Olympics on the horizon. All right, mm. I think we I think we're almost out of out of business here, Andrew. Have we got anything else we need to talk about quickly? Uh, I want to quickly mention that Wimbledon uh, are being lovely people, and they have agreed to award ten million pound, eighteen million Australian dollar in prize money 
to the 620 players who would have taken part in the tournament had it not been cancelled. Now, these are obviously the things that you can do when you have pandemic insurance mm. uh, for <laughs> your tournament. The one major which, sports tournament on earth that had pandemic insurance. I, I think the Australian <laughs> Open Tennis has it as well. Ah, uh, okay. Um, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. something that continually gets uh, floated, but it's not... I'm, yeah, I'm sure that it has. Basically, this this insurance was taken out after the SARS. Um, ah, was it 2004? Yes, yes. yes so yes. they just went, all right, bugger it, let's do that. So based on world rankings, 224 players who would have competed in qualifying will get $22,700. 256 players who would have featured in the main draw get 45400 In doubles, 11300 um, and quad wheelchair, 9,100. Uh, sorry, wheelchair, 10,900. Quad wheelchair, 9,100. Oh, that's really good. So it's great. Like, yeah. It's not going to, it's going to be a drop in the ocean for your top 10, top 20 players. But for the others, particularly those outside of the top 256, that's almost more than what they would earn from, um, from playing in a year. Like, mm. it's, it is, Huge for them. So well done to Wimbledon. Yeah, nicely done. As we, as we await uh, for whether the the French and the US will yeah. be able to go ahead. What are they thinking With, of the US? God. So the, yeah, the, the, a tournament that was going to be used in the lead up to the US has just been cancelled. So, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, that's not going to go well. But we can talk about that next week, Andrew, because I think we're that'll pretty much do All us right. for this episode of a sporting discussion. Uh, Hub life. Uh, I'm in my hub, Andrew's in his hub. Everyone's in their hubs because we're in Melbourne. ASD Stadium getting a deep clean. Very, so we're gonna be relying on clean. so we're gonna be relying on our social medias even more than ever, Andrew, and that's on Twitter at ASD underscore radio or Facebook.com slash a sporting discussion. Join the A Sporting Discussion group forum there too. Some good fun there with a good bunch of people having a bit of a chat about sports of all sorts. Um Andrew all sorts. You, you, <laughs> You are still going on Triple R from your hub with the wonders of technology yes. on Monday mornings. Tell us about it. The wonders of technology, yes. 7.15 Monday morning through Triple R in Melbourne, uh, 102.7 or via their app. Uh, hell, if you really want to, you can you can play catch up and listen to, to old episodes uh, as well. <laughs> If you really want to know what happened in sport six weeks ago, <laughs> yeah, that's go exciting. Absolutely nuts. <laughs> what, what about you, AJ? Yes, I follow up a couple of hours later on ABC Central Victoria on the breakfast show with Fiona Parker, nine uh, fifteen in the morning. That's ninety one point one FM in Victoria, or streaming through the ABC Listen app. Doesn't that just sound so professional, Andrew? Damn right. Download the app yeah. and you can hear more. Uh, that might do us. <laughs> do not forget also some fresh new content coming up on a sportingdiscussion.com.au uh, in the next few days. So keep an eye on there as well. Um, we'll post that around everywhere and make sure you have a look. Some, some good things coming on there. So that'll do us for now. Thanks for listening, everyone. It's good to be back. Apologies, it was my fault. I got crook. Not the bad crook, just, just general crook. Not exciting. Um, and so, <laughs> Not we were off. <laughs> so we were off for a couple of weeks while I got a hold of myself. Uh, so thanks for listening and we will speak to you all next week. I get up when I want, except on Wednesdays when I get rudely awakened by the dustman. Hard life. I put my trousers on, have a cup of tea and I think about leaving the house. Hard life. I feed the pigeons, I sometimes feed
sense of enormous well-being and then I'm happy for the rest of the day. Safe